six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, land rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Okay, welcome to the Rare Candy Gain of Fiction Lab This is not in Wuhan, it's not in Fort Detrick, but it's but it's here um, At an undisclosed, undisclosed location uh, I Costa Rica, perhaps But, um yeah, off the coast, somewhere remote, uh, somewhere where the feds can't get us. But um, no, n- n- nonetheless, I, a quick story before I introduce our guest here. Uh, I was out of town. This episode's been scheduled for quite some time. I, it almost didn't happen. Not not really. I actually avoided all the problems, but I was watching the news all week because I was with old people for Christmas, and that's all they do. That's all they do is they watch the news. And uh, I was a Southwest Airlines guy. I was like, am I going to get home, right? Anybody who hasn't been paying attention, if you're listening to this a long time from now and you don't know what the hell happened, Southwest Airlines tried to blame weather for not sending people home. Uh, However, every other airline was able to not cancel flights. Now, uh, yeah, so I, I we're we're in Arizona and we're like, how are we going to get home on time? Are we going to get are we, are we going to get home on time? It turns out that their whole entire amazing logistics program doesn't work. So kind of felt like a Michael Crichton novel where I'm like, these people are like, oh, nothing's going to go wrong. Actually, it went wrong because of the uh, things that God does. And then uh, actually, no, it's completely our fault and our system's a piece of shit. So um, nonetheless, I'm here. Uh, I felt like a, a, a scientist, not like a scientist in a Crichton novel, but I felt like a, a side family that's like mm. not a scientist. That's just like going through shit like with the scientists. That's what I felt like at the time. But I'm here. And I am here. I don't even ask what to call you. I call you Aiden, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll just call you Aiden. Um, he, uh, it, you, you're very much into, uh, we'll say like archaeology that challenges the party line. Is that fair to say? That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty accurate, I guess. Okay. Like Graham Hancock guy, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Of, yeah. Like Graham Hancock. Randall right. Carlson. Randall Carlson, all great stuff. We talk about him all the time on on mm-hmm. on on, uh, on Rare Candy. But uh, now, you, I was I put out a, a, a f- some feelers because it's very hard to get people to read things. Very hard when you want to talk about them. So I'm I'm always like, hey, anybody, if you read to anybody, and, and you know, I'm glad you did. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it could have been my you know 98 year old grandma or something. Uh, she's could like, I'll read it. I please just come on and talk with me. I can't. I'm not a solo lecturer. So the uh, you 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 respond. And you you right away said Jurassic Park, and I'm like crazy. Is that because I'm just getting into Crichton? And I'm like, is that really that good? Like, is that really that good? Jurassic Park. Um, why'd you pick that? Well, I mean, it's most people's first reaction to it because you know it's a big blockbuster movie. But uh, it's I felt like it was very pertinent to the times. It is, I don't know, it, the dangers of runaway science. It's kind of just the overarching theme. And it's, I don't know, my favorite of his. I've been reading it for a while. I don't know, I've reread it a lot. I was one of those kids that would just reread books. And this was one of mine, but I would just reread because mm. Dino Kid growing up, 
And what better book to read than, you know, dinosaur book, but. It really is like the, the, you know, I, I, it's funny. This book came out a month after I was born. And I just remember this amazing dinosaur craze. I thought it was just from the movie, and it, and it was. I mean, obviously, the movie is just vastly popular compared to the book, uh, even though the book is a quite popular on its own. It's the reason the movie made was made. But it's really odd that uh, there's all these. Uh, there were all, when it, growing up, and like my parents were like dinosaurs were kind of like cartoonish and like you know, maybe one villain, but then it was the rest of them were just like, Oh, we're just eating leaves, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, that was kind of the way, like my parents dinosaur era grew up, but like we, you know, me as a kid, I loved villains. I loved uh, like any Disney movie. I thought like Jafar was the coolest part of Aladdin. Like I loved all the the villains. I always thought the villains had the coolest stuff. The only reason I liked Bat- Batman was the only superhero I really liked. And, and because he had like an anti-hero aspect to him. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, I, I very much was drawn to it, but I started working at a, uh, a now uh, dead company called Borders in 2009, Borders Booksellers. And uh, in 2009, I, I was just a cl- kind of a casual reader. I'd read a lot of Stephen King, a lot of uh, um, stuff like that. But I, I was at a thing and I see this big end cap of just Michael Crichton. And it's like all these books that were movies. I, I didn't even realize at the time he had – the reason that happened is because he probably just died. Mm-hmm. Like it, it probably was like a – you know. Uh, the, the, the bump you the bump you get <laughs> the bump you get in popularity after you die like as what i um had thought but and i and i was bored one night on graveyard shift uh and, I, and you can relate to the graveyard shift stuff mm-hmm. but uh, i was doing graveyard inventory so i started reading on my break and i was like this is like this is dense you know mm-hmm. like this is a dense science book and i got a little scared um but when you had suggested this i'm like okay i already have it i have it here mm-hmm. and i'm gonna read it and for me, I have to say it's amazing. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, I've read three Crichton books so far, Andromeda Strain, Prey, and Jurassic Park. This is a firm number two. I still think Prey, and you might agree, oh, yeah. Prey is just like unbelievable. <laughs> I might have you back for that one. I might have you back for that one because it's so good. Like, yeah, but um, yeah, it's so good. Uh, but I love everything about what what he does. I think to sell this book to you, Especially if you listen to this show, you've come to realize that science isn't what you thought it was. Um, Crichton toes the party line a lot. I think he still has trust in the institution. I think he puts a lot of it up to ineptitude and people who are overconfident in their uh, ability to affect nature. Mm -hmm. And it always comes back and bites them. But what's great about this is that it's not just some Spurgy lecture. You know, it's not a Spurgy lecture. Now, I've looked up chaos theory on the Internet. I've never heard anyone explain it to me well, other than Dr. Ian Malcolm through the lens, you know, through my, oh, yeah. right, through the lens of lens of Dr. Ian Malcolm. It's like that's that that is better. You can that's better than a YouTube video that of mm-hmm. somebody like really dumbing it down to you, you know? Yeah. No, so. it's like it, I, cause I, I don't know. I think I read it as like a sixth grader, and it got me interested in chaos theory. It broke it down so simple that a, any any idiot could you know pick it up and you know actually see it in their day-to-day lives and this idiot did uh, a couple weeks ago <laughs> I, mean, I i was like i'm in i mean you know i uh, Cy always laughs at me uh because Cy, size like math whiz like he pretty much is dr ian malcolm and also in the uh in the movie that we'll be calling back to the movie here and there which uh i'll say right now i like i still like the movie a lot mm-hmm. like it's I, a solid I, movie. I watched it and i'm like i i get why you couldn't just shot for shot do a Crichton movie like I, you're not gonna get the epic budget 
to make CGI dinosaurs if you just make it the way this is. Like, you, there no it has to be for kids. You have to have the cups at McDonald's uh, to market. It has to have that that those tentacles to where it can you know have theme park rides on it and all and all these things at Universal Studios. It has yeah. to have that to get the budget. So I will say that. But Doctor Ian Malcolm's just like a, another scientist in mm-hmm. uh in there but actually he's like pretty much hates science in uh in, in the book he hates science he like is like science is lame like you guys don't know what you're doing you uh you guys try to play god but you're not even as smart as me a math guy right mm-hmm. and it's it's a math guy and and i think that's uh, i always think of sai when i think of that because he's such a math guy like it's just like he's math first science second so i yeah. i uh i that i love that he uh dr ian malcolm is uh He's he's good. He's he's played well by Jeff Goldblum there, but he uh it doesn't do him justice. I mean, there's just straight up like absolute bars in the entire mm-hmm. book of, of oh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. The whole like last 50 pages where he's going <laughs> off off when he's, you know, off of morphine, dying in a bed. That's he's the best just, part of the book. Oh yeah. It, I'm I'm upset they didn't add it to the movie, but I see why it would have added an extra 30 40 minutes and sure. Maybe yeah. not wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten through the rest of Hollywood, but yeah, and and I think there's something to be said about uh, it's this movie's it's weird. Crichton said in, on the Today Show, "Don't bring your kids to the movie." He said really? that like straight up. He's like, "If you have young kids, do not bring them here." I, America didn't listen. That was I no. was I I was <laughs> three when the movie came out. I'm pretty sure my mom took me in theaters as like a four year old. Like like you know it was still in theaters. It was in theaters for like a year. It was just yeah. like I mean something we could never fathom nowadays. It was such a smash hit, and I loved it. I didn't. I found it scary, but it like in a good kid way of scary, like just on edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spielberg really did a great job. It's probably my favorite Spielberg uh, personally. Like just it's yeah. uh, he, he did just a wonderful job on it. And Crichton's on set the entire time. There's good YouTube documentation of him just on set but even Crichton didn't get to see the cgi dinosaurs until the premiere essentially or at least the the final draft that went out and he said he had to like walk out for a second like he's like it's too good like it's it was so good and he he was like it was so good it was like i even in my own head i didn't imagine it and he created the world of of that and he didn't imagine it which that that's the the good part of that now uh he's Crichton is also not uh, shy about saying movies that he hates that are from his books uh, mm-hmm. uh rising sun he said he hates rising sun the movie um he does not like timeline which i don't think anybody does honestly the movie i haven't seen it yet my wife's reading the book right now but it's like it's a good book she I, loves it i'm gonna yeah. read it eventually it you know it paint, paints a good picture of the times and it's i don't know i it was a good it was a different kind of book than a lot of his other ones, just with the setting of Interesting. it. Interesting. But still having, you know, modern bumbling scientists going through their mistakes. But Yeah, exactly. And um, so, I, you know, just a couple parts about the book that you might not have known. And I, I, I'm going to do my best to not just give away the entire book because I'd like, I'd like for some of you to still read it and have that, that novel experience with it. But um, granted, it is such a huge institution. I feel like people will at least have a, a point of reference with with uh if you've just seen the movie and stuff uh but i i mean i love the way it starts off is just crazy i mean you just get like the prologue where um you have a construction worker just ravaged being taken to Mm -hmm. some like favela hospital in in uh in in costa rica and um you have like 
I wish this was another one I, I wish you could have that, that, that would have been great to put in the movie honestly because you have the classic like no man that's a demon like the indigenous guy mm-hmm. on the islands like no man that's a demon like it's this it's the it's this thing that abducts kids in the middle of the night but it's a demon and and really you you've come to realize after uh the little girl gets uh attacked on the island by the uh little uh small i forget what 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 the, the uh, dinosaur compies. compies yeah the compy <laughs> she gets uh, attacked by the cute little dinosaur you start to realize like well these things escaped a long time ago well mm-hmm. you know it makes me think uh do we think about something else that maybe took over the country for a while that escaped from something uh from a lab perhaps maybe in 2020 it's interesting mm-hmm. interesting allegory maybe makes, uh, you, I makes you think i mean yeah. you know uh and that's the thing about Crichton is that once you once you take the quote-unquote red pill on on science and you know bioengineering and stuff like once you mm-hmm. once you know where like covid came from you can just like you can read like andromeda strain and and things like that and be like what there i see why this guy got into remote viewing i think he was a psychic like a, a true psychic um mm-hmm. no i could yeah and just right off the bat the even talking about sids like yeah what yes like with right off the bat where you know a child gets their face eaten and it's happening all across the country but all the nurses are too scared to say what they see so it's just sudden infant death syndrome you know they just randomly die that's great and you have to want he plays so coy in his interviews like like michael Crichton, especially like the charlie rose interviews i think should be in the smithsonian they're so good but he he uh he kind of is just like, mm, you know, just an idea I had, you know, and and uh, and which is what made him a bestseller. I'm sorry. He couldn't mm-hmm. go on Charlie Rose and just be like, actually, SIDS isn't real. You know, this is an allegory for something that humans tried to develop themselves that escaped yeah. uh, that they were they got too big for their britches. Uh, they tried to create an environment that they thought they could control once it was created. They could not. Um, mm-hmm. And again, this is why you have gain of function labs, gain, of, you know, things like that. It hasn't stopped. Yeah. It hasn't slowed down. And I'm pretty pretty sure Crichton being so connected in the industry. I mean, this guy, this guy was told by Jonas Salk to quit medical school and do f- fiction. Jonas Salk, the developer of the polio vaccine, um, a hero to some, to me, mm. you know, a guy, and, uh, and, <laughs> just, a guy. Uh, just a guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that did things, you know? And, uh, uh so, you know, none, nonetheless, uh, he, you know, this is a guy that knew things like I, this, if, if people were true that MRNA technology was being developed in the seventies, cause that's what people love to say when they talk about, it. it's not new actually. Yeah, um, kind of failed when, all those times for a certain <laughs> reason. Exactly. <laughs> but like, you have to wonder, like, do, do these people see the advent of it and have to sign like NDAs to where they can't explicitly say um, what they saw? I, I think that's mm-hmm. fair. There's all types yeah. of like NDA paperwork in all of his uh, in all of his books, like really like funny, tedious. Like if you read the Andromeda strain, he spends a whole entire chapter, which I think could be boring to some, but it's like 20, 30 pages about just the decontamination process. And it's really, really funny. Um, and uh, so and, and just all these like pa- this paperwork that has to sign. But mm-hmm. yeah, the SIDS, the, the SIDS thing was incredible on there where, you know, to, to set the, this doesn't give away too much of the book. It's really just the intro of it. It's, it's this baby's born. And then, and then all of a sudden the nurse is taking care of the mother after, after it just happened, she walks in, the baby's face is eaten off. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, we're a little more graphic in this book. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not uh, like that. And then, and then she just, she marks it down as a SIDS death and, mm-hmm. and disposes of the, of the, of the body. And uh, that that's commenting on about seven different things yeah. uh, in one entertaining story. Because again, mm-hmm. I, I think what, the reason I love Crichton so much is that he's, uh, if nothing else, he's entertaining mm-hmm. and 
he's not just a uh, fire and brimstone shouting guy. Um, this is this, this is this, this is this. And that can be frustrating to some because you, I, I know so many just normies who just read him and are just like, yeah, so what? You know, and, and they just are like, that was a good story. That's it. They take nothing from it. But I think my goal with what we're doing here, and this is the first iteration of this, is kind of to tell people, uh, you know, exactly what, in my opinion, uh, is the right way to interpret his his books if you're trying to get to the bottom of why bad things happen. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, that that's interesting uh to say the least and i do have those we will get to the um that part uh i do have them tabbed on my on my book here the dr ian malcolm uh, absolute bars uh, ted yeah. talk if you will uh <laughs> that he gives to uh ellie sattler um also funny that ellie sattler has like maybe like 10 like book minutes of like work in this in <laughs> in this book but she's like this huge character in the in the uh in the in the movie it's really funny well yeah because i think they've merged her with one other character I henry Wu, a little bit i mean yeah. um actually thanks and uh it's it, uh like henry because because she's with dr hammond when he's eating ice cream and that's that's like my second favorite part of the book is when dr hammond goes full bill gates you just listened to a preview of one of our premium episodes and to get access to the full thing, you've got to be a paid subscriber to the Rare Candy Substack. That's rarecandy.substack.com. It's only $5 a month or $55 for the whole year. You get one month free if you do the whole year. You get access to premium Rare Candy episodes, my podcast, The Glen Word, and whatever the hell else we want to charge people for. Uh, again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. Thanks again.